0: Well, let's now read from Ephesians 3, 1 through 13, our passage for consideration. Ephesians 3, 1 through 13. For this cause, I Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, you have heard of the dispensation. Of the grace of God which has given me to you how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote before in a few words, whereby, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit." that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of His promise in Christ by the Gospel. Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of His power. Unto me, whom less than the least of all saints, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the Church the manifold wisdom of God, according to the eternal purpose which He purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him. Wherefore, I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. May God bless the reading of his holy words. Shall we pray? O Father in heaven, make your words indeed ring in our hearts. May they illumine our minds. May they, Lord, set our wills, not to do our own will, but to do yours. In Christ's name, amen. The Glorious Body of Christ. That's, by the way, the title of a book that is a treasure of the Church. The Glorious Body of Christ. You should get that book. I'll be using that perhaps in another issue. The glorious body of Christ is glorious because Jesus is the head of His church, which is His body. The fullness of Him that filleth all in all. Christ is the one who makes His body glorious. His work for us and in us by His Word and the Holy Spirit is what in turn Makes us his glorious bride without blemish or spot or any such thing because they have been washed in the blood of the Lamb because the Holy Spirit is sanctifying his people, which I will talk about in our Sunday school in greater detail. There are two parts to this chapter, I've only read the first half, and thus part one, which we will talk about now or shortly. Jesus has revealed to his people his secret plan for the ages called the mystery, or the mystery of Christ. And then next time will be part two, and that is, Christ is revealing to his people the fullness of God and his love toward us. Ephesians 3.19 And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge that ye may be filled with all the fullness of God, Part one, Jesus has revealed to his people his secret plan for the ages, or from the ages. Verse one, for this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles. That is the introduction. That is the proposition, if you will. Paul was a prisoner in Caesarea, almost two years, in Rome for another two years. But he wasn't talking about that. He wasn't talking about his being a prisoner of any man, or of any country, or of any government, but of the Lord. He says, I am a prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles. He was under authority of the King of Kings to preach the gospel of the kingdom, and he went to prison for it. And I know that he didn't regret it whatsoever, because... Blessed are they who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you, and say all manner of, uh, of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. For so persecuted be the prophets which were before you. Verse 2 If you have heard of the dispensation or the stewardship of the grace of God which was given to me, to your word, converted by that same gospel to Christ. I got sovereign power. He was sovereignly commissioned to preach the gospel to the world, to the non-Jews, to the Gentiles, that is, the nations. He was the apostle to the Gentiles, as he said in Romans 11, 13. For I speak to you, Gentiles, and as much as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify my knowledge. Apostle Paul was more fully given a divine secret that no one else was given. He was let in onto, this, onto the secret of the Lord. In a way that the world has never been. He says in verse 3, it is a mystery how God revealed to him how that by his revelation, that God's revelation, what was made known to him was a mystery. the mystery. And in verse 4, the mystery of Christ, to to qualify. And in verse 5, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men. The gospel had been hid from the majority of mankind for centuries. Think about that. And then later down the road was revealed to one little tiny nation of people called the Hebrews. What was the mystery? The mystery of Christ. The mystery hid from Fallen human mankind, the gospel, verse six. The gospel, verse eight. The Unsearchable riches of Christ. What of those riches? All the riches of glory are His, but He set that aside. He set that aside. It says that He condescended to men of low state. He became, He became into the form of man, he who is the form of God. He was with all of the qualifications and the characteristics of God. And especially His Lord, He Lord the Son, that he might become us in order, and might die the death of the cross. To summarize it. In Colossians Paul says almost the very same thing in Colossians 1, 25 through 27. Colossians 1 25 to 27, whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. And he said it in another church. So this must have been something he said wherever he went. Only it's not recorded necessarily in every book that is recorded in, in, the, in, the, in the Holy Bible even the mystery which had been hid from ages and from generations and now is made manifest to his saints. And how? Vis-a-vis himself. To whom God would make known but is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Not only is this Christ who died on the cross and rose again, but now he is Christ in you hope the hope of your being in heaven, because by His Spirit He resides now in the very beings of His people, in the very hearts and minds, and souls of His elect. I noticed that it was hidden up to this time and then revealed at God's appointed time. That's how God works. That's how God chooses to work. Think about this, how it couldn't have been passed by. Them. Would, it have been, would it have been God's fault? No, because we none of us deserves to be saved. All of us deserves eternal damnation for our sins in hell. Yeah. It's because of God's ordination and predestination and election that any of us are in the kingdom of God. In 1 Corinthians 2, 7 through 10. I'd like to read it. First Corinthians two seven through ten. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. It's called hidden wisdom. Wisdom that is hid by God in Christ until Christ would be revealed. Until Christ would come and do His work of coming and living and dying and rising from the dead and sending back His glory. And consider who the one that God would choose to reveal this, to deliver this. Verse 8 of our passage in Ephesians 3. Unto me, whom less than the least of all saints. Now, I don't think he was just saying that. Just because it it sounds good. Or that he was trying to draw attention to himself by reverse psychology or something like that. Oh no, I think he was serious about this. I think he was sincerely humbled by the grace of God. And that is why he said this, even as he said in another place, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, he injured people, he hurt people, as I have met some uh, uh, who, uh, before their conversion, were very hurtful type of people who would actually start fights and who would actually beat people up. And by the grace of God, they don't do it anymore. (laughs) So is Paul, but I obtain mercy because I did it in ignorant, uh, ignorantly in unbelief. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I'm chief. He's saying if you want to see a classic or a chief example of what a sinner is, you don't have to look far, just look at me as I'm telling you as I stand here preaching the word of God to you. That's what he meant. That's not all. That's not all. What was previously hid from the sons of men. And only much later would be revealed to the Hebrews. A very insignificant nation among many. God would make known to the world. It says in verse 9 of Ephesians 3. And to make all men see. What is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world had been hid in God? The fellowship of the mystery. This is getting deeper, isn't this? What is that? Well, in verse 6 of Ephesians 3, I should turn around. Do I have it in my notes? Just to make sure I don't make any mistakes. that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. That's it. In other words, words, the fellowship of the mystery is the fellowship of the saints, is the fellowship which Christ purchased with his own blood, is the bride of Christ. Ephesians 2 that we looked at last time. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes, or at one time, were far off, being far from the kingdom of God, and that is, you Gentiles, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. You're made near by the blood of Christ. You know the difference between far and near? You know the difference between being far away from God and being close to God? That's what happened. But for that fellowship to be complete, there's this wall between the Jews and the Gentiles. There's this wall that was in part due to the fault of the circumcised, calling the other the uncircumcised, meaning you don't have it together. We do. And that, of course, from pride. And then from the other side, persecuting the Jews. You see that? It's been going on since the birth of Jacob and Esau. Fighting each other, the twins, in in, in the womb of their mothers, right? And, And it goes on even to this day. But that ought not to be. Because Jesus is our peace, said the Apostle Paul, with me both one with broken down the middle wall of partition. That means a wall that separates two parties from one another who should be together. And he says in another place in Galatians 3, 28, 29, there's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to So the, the Jews need to humble themselves and admit that, that that these, though they're they were formerly Gentile dogs and that they did not know the true God, now know the true God, the true and living God. And that they need to receive them and make them welcome and the covenant God's dear Son. And likewise, the other. They need to receive those whom God had worked in before them and acknowledge uh, the work of God's grace in them. And not the over here and the other over there. Because one day God sent forth His Son in the fullness of time. It's called made of a Woman made under the law, that he might redeem them that are under the law, that they may receive the adoption of sons or children by faith in Jesus Christ. And this good news would go all the way back to heaven. To the angels in glory, according to verse 10, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places. Who do you think those are? But angels. And there are Myriad stations and places of authority in the whole uh, realm of, uh, of the heavenly hosts, God's hosts, my dad, that they may know by the Church the manifold wisdom of God. Is that interesting? That's how well hidden this mystery was. That even God's angels were not privy to it. Even as is said, for example, 1 Peter 1.12. twelve. First Peter 1.12. Unto whom it was revealed, meaning unto the prophets of old, that not unto themselves, but unto us, meaning those of the new covenant era, since the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, did they did minister the things which are now reported unto you, by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Spirit sent down from heaven. Notice the um, phrase. which things the angels desire to look into. They're looking on and they're not understanding this. Well, for one thing, the elect angels are perfect and they don't need a savior. And they've always been right with God in, in a perfect state in, in, in the very glory of heaven itself. And so they're looking down at this and, this and doing this, you know, scratching their heads and doing this. But not only them, even God's own prophets of old were not in the know, scratching their heads as to what the meaning of it was, that was coming out of their very own mouths, as is said prior to that, verse 12 and verses 10 and 11 of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what what matter of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them that signified, when it testified the beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. They didn't understand fully the implications of what they were saying, of what they were preaching, of what they were prophesying, of what they were foretelling. This is amazing, isn't it, this? You think about how God used one man in such a significant way to alter the face of the earth and even the complexion of Christ's church. The church, yes, the church. That is front and center in the Father's redemptive plan. The church... Jesus Christ said that He would build it so much so that the gates of hell could not prevail against it, and that the gates of hell would reel back from it. The Church, that is the creation of the Holy Spirit, who is described in our passage as the one who makes it His habitation, as He indwells His people, as He indwells the people of God as a whole, and not just individually, as we talked about last time. The church is everything. It is where His truth is. It is where you're going to learn the gospel. And so it is everything to God. It is everything to God's people in every generation, to the present. Is it to us? Can I say that the church is the reason for life on this earth? And I go so far as to say that, that, that this is what might be paradise redeemed. Or at least the beginning of it. This is the kingdom of God on earth in which Christ taught his disciples to pray that kingdom come, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is the reason for his blood, sweat, and tears that he poured forth behalf of Zion the New Jerusalem the kingdom of God it is the fruit of all of this world it is the place where the manifold wisdom of God and the grace of God and the power of God of the triune God are being displayed to change lives and it is only natural for the church to be the center of our life that which Christ lived and died and And so, of course, with all of our involvements and in, in there are many of uh, life's myriad cares and concerns, such as marriage and family, and work and school, and establishing a home and, and all of that, are important. Don't get me wrong, but they have their place. But if we focus our attention on those things primarily, as Christ talked about in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, food and drink and clothing is what he he focused on. Or we could even throw in shelter. as That is an issue for for some, even in our congregation. If we focus on those primarily, we are walking in the dark in the light, and they are not knowing where really, we are, for we are going. And so we need to adjust our focus on the earth and back on the heavenly. As The Apostle Paul would say in Colossians 3, 1-4 through I'd like to close with this. ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Ye are dead, and life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, and shall ye also appear with him in God. We are sojourners. We are, pilgrims. we are in this life for just a brief time and then we move on. Let's make the best of this. Let us do so in light of what I have just spoken to you by appreciating that which has been described by the word and also by others as the glorious honor. Of and realize that it is glorious because of what is in Oh, Heavenly Father, help us, we ask. Help us, Lord, in our doubting, and perhaps even in our unbelief. I believe, help thou my unbelief, said someone in the Scriptures. Lord, do the same for us, we ask, if that we are case Strengthen us in our faith, that we may have a faith like Abraham, First recipient of your promise, with strong faith, giving glory to God, help us to give back to you. Thank you.